There's been a bunch of head scratching lately about why Kaplan University, a for-profit institution with lots of online programs, sold to Purdue University, one of the top public universities in the nation. Actually, it makes more sense from Purdue's perspective in that it can suddenly burst in with a bunch of online programs, but it's less clear why Graham Holdings Company, which had owned Kaplan University, would make the deal on its side. After all, it sold it for only a dollar. It seems that all Graham's Holdings Company is left with is a business deal where its Kaplan Inc. can continue to offer services to a new campus of Purdue that will be open with this Kaplan University um, faculty and properties. Welcome to the Ed Search On Air podcast. I'm Jeff Young. I recently had the chance to sit down with Donald Graham, chairman of Graham Holdings Company, to ask him about why he made the deal. He's former publisher of the Washington Post, as, as many may remember, and he knows how to get out of answering a question. So I'm not sure even after a half hour that he fully answered what I was asking, but he did express a true belief in the quality of Kaplan University and a hope that making it a part of Purdue will elevate its reputation and success in ways that it could never achieve as a for-profit. A quick disclosure, Graham Holdings is also an investor in EdSurge. We'll have that conversation right after this. This episode of the EdSurge On Air podcast is brought to you by the EdSurge Next newsletter. Get the latest news and views about higher education technology each week. Sign up for the EdSurge Next newsletter. Just visit edsurge.com and click on subscribe. Glad you could join us today. Thanks Thank for being you here. Thank so much. I'm, th- I'm thrilled to be here. This is... This is uh... This conference is a bit on the overwhelming side. Yes, we're live at the ASU GSV Summit. Just to remind those who aren't aware, Graham's Holdings, which had Kaplan University, sold it to Purdue University. So a, a lot of people, I feel like in the higher ed community that I talk to, feel like they get the, the why Purdue would want to do it. Because Purdue jumpstarts their ability to do online education. A lot of people are looking into that. But on the Graham Holdings side, for the shareholders, I wonder, I mean, people are asking what was the impetus there and what is the shareholder value when you're actually giving up, it seems like, so much well, we're for, uh, uh, you know. We're giving up a lot. We think this will work out wonderfully for shareholders. We hope that is, uh, that's something we can't uh, prove at this point. Uh, but uh, uh, we have... 15 years of time and lots of blood, sweat, and tears invested in Kaplan University. Uh, I myself am currently teaching a course there. I've oh, taught, really? there, taught there for seven years. What's the course? Uh, the course is a leadership course, which I co-teach with Professor Rebecca Herman in the Kaplan Business School. And I've been doing the same course off and on for seven years. I've gotten to know some of our students, some of their stories, some of their backgrounds. Kaplan University educates older students. Our average student is 34. Um, most of our students have jobs and have families. They do not have room in their lives to go to a brick and mortar campus to take an academic program. But something has convinced them that it's time for them to get back to college or grad school and get another credential. Most of them have a job, but they want to move up on the job. And uh, I, we love this place. Becoming part of Purdue obviously represents, it represents a huge opportunity for the university and for our students. As a for-profit college, we have been restricted by law to offering programs, degrees that prepare students for gainful employment and a recognized occupation. There we uh, 
Mm -hmm. uh, we offer part of the program that the University of like Purdue does, but we can't offer all of it. Purdue had no online students. Right. This, this right. Now. So suddenly they become a large online university with 32,000 students, which is a lot. And we become a, uh, we sold it, as you correctly said, the upfront payment was a dollar. We will do what Mitchell Purdue couldn't do on their own. We will run the administrative and managerial affairs. Kaplan Inc. being we? Kaplan being we. Purdue will, uh, Purdue will run the university. A Purdue Board of Trustees will run this university yet to be named. There will be one Catholic member of the Catholic College, Catholic University Board of Trustees who will join them. Yeah. But the academic faculty will all be, will become Purdue people. And I presume Purdue will want to add courses and programs, which we could never add. So this could become a really great institution. You asked about when grant holding shareholders might be uh, rewarded. The only way we would be rewarded, the only way we would get a growing stream of revenue would be if Purdue continued over the years to add students. In other words, if the, if the university became a big success under Purdue's leadership, if it's successful, and we'll do everything we can to help, but we're strictly helping in the background. Purdue will be running the place. But if, if it becomes a success, we'll be part of that success. We will not be a participant in any profits it may earn. Ironically, we're out of the for-profit education business here. We will be paid for our services, and the profits, if any, will go to Purdue and hopefully uh, back into uh, the whole educational system. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really, I think it got a lot of people's attention because... It's unusual. It's, right. it's certainly unusual. It's also, it does seem to give up something. I mean, here's, here's one of the things I've heard. Why couldn't you have made this arrangement to essentially have a business deal with, with Purdue without, without giving away Kaplan University, so to speak? Or, uh, again, in the long run... Uh, we will we will be you know what what Graham Holdings will do what Kaplan will do for this new University of Purdue uh, will be different, mm -hmm. but it also could be good. It'll only be good if it works. This is a very unusual deal. Purdue gets something it didn't have, which is a big online presence, a big online program. Right. Uh, we get the opportunity. To do it, we'll perform a described set of functions. This is all yeah. uh, made public in an 8K that we published on the day of the announcement. Sure. And uh, we think if Purdue succeeds and they've got the leadership in place to do it in making this a very important part of what Michael Crow this morning called uh, a new generation of university service. Michael's, uh, the president of Arizona State, refers to this. Obviously, he is maybe one of the greatest experimenters in higher ed in the country, both on campus and online. If Purdue gets that and even grows from there, and its great name and reputation certainly get it the chance to, uh, we will happily provide service to help them grow. Uh, if we can help them grow, that'll be great. But it's going to have to be Purdue. That's the growing. That's the growing part. Is Kaplan now essentially competing with places like 2U and these enabler companies? 
No. Uh, we, are, uh, as you correctly said, the thing, the main thing we bring to to uh, Purdue is Catholic University, and we can only sell that once. Right. So we're bringing thirty-two thousand students, and that's a fair-sized uh, college, a fair-sized university. And uh, we're going to devote all our time and effort now to being, to performing well the jobs that Purdue's asked us to perform. And those jobs, I saw the filing as well, but just to, to be in, in very layman's terms, what are the, what are the functions that well, Catholic will be doing run, these, these why, did, why did Purdue not start an online university of its own? <laughs> you have to figure out how do we recruit, uh, how do we attract students in a world where if you Google online education or online bachelor's degrees, there's a lot of people yeah, out there. Sure. How do you uh, recruit them? How do you admit them? How do you offer them financial aid? How do you counsel them? Uh, how do you run a place that attracts lots of students, explains the program to them? One very unusual thing about Catholic University in the past, and it'll be up to Purdue whether they want to continue this, uh, we've had a trial period. I don't think any other university in the United States, online or ground, for profit or not for profit, offers this. When we started it, it was a five-week trial period. We would roll. Mm-hmm. You tried our courses. We went through one term, including exams. And then you could decide to drop, if you wished, for any reason or no reason. And you would be charged no tuition and incur no debt. You pay a $45 application fee, I think, but that was it. Uh, universities, as you know, dropout rates in the first term are enormous. So uh, that program cost us over five or six years, $175 million. It's cost us more since, but that was the last number we published. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am immensely proud of that. I didn't do that. The cabinet did Right. They did it to make clear that as part of running this university, which is what we're going to do, we went many extra miles to make sure that students were where they wanted to be, getting the education they wanted to be, not misled by anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of our history that we're very proud of. But, you know, running an online university means doing everything the university does. Purdue, the Purdue faculty, a faculty selected by a Purdue Board of Trustees will now take over the teaching part, the academic part. I mean, how is that different? How do you think is the biggest difference between that and say like to you? I understand how you got there is different for sure. Like this is an unprecedented deal. But now that you're in this arrangement. Well, I, uh, a quick answer is I don't fully understand everything that Purdue does. I mean, they're neighbors in Washington. That's right. Great respect yeah. for them. In fact, Jim Sheldon was working for them before he came up to Chan Zuckerberg and was on our board at the same time. Oh, right. So Jim's thoroughly familiar with both institutions. Uh, the difference is. Uh, we, as part of our arrangement, have contributed a full-grown university, yes. accredited, offering yep. degrees, uh, 32,000 students. And uh, so we, to you, does this with many partners. Yes. In, in our case, we don't consider Purdue a partner. They are the owner of the university. Mm-hmm. But we are doing it with them and with no one else. That makes sense. And are you concerned at all about the faculty Senate um, recent vote that was um, against this this deal? Largely, I think, on governance reasons about how it was done and how su- it was kind of a surprise to them. Well, I read the uh, I read the uh, inside I read accounts which stressed that the faculty Senate was bothered that they felt they had not been fully informed or consulted before the deal. 
was arranged. Now, obviously, that's uh, that. Uh, and President Daniels expressed himself on that. So that that's I, more I, of a Purdue I issue. Know what readers, uh, I do not. Uh, I do not pretend to be an expert on this. I don't know if the Purdue Faculty Senate. Let me let me ask a broader question because the other yeah. thing it, it does have to get approved. Yes. I understand by the accreditor. Well, not only that, it has to be approved by the accreditor, mm -hmm. the state of Indiana, and the Department of Education. And the accreditor in this case is the same for both institutions, right. or the HLC, the Higher Learning Commission. Right. That already approved. The that already accredited that Kaplan before. We had yep. just been fully reaccredited with an unqualified reaccreditation for 10 years. They're also the accreditors of Purdue, so they know both institutions well. The Department of Education knows both institutions well, and the state of Indiana, we do not know. Uh, so, yes, we must, uh, you know, outstanding people have to look at this and give it their approval. It, we, we, we think this is good, and I mean, their concern is primarily with students and with the reputation and the future of Purdue. And I think it's good enough for both. I don't purport to speak for Purdue, but... But, you know, I, I think it's going to be pretty good for both. And I want to just make sure I understand and, and clarify about going forward. It seems like you're saying, Ka so Kaplan now is going to be offering these services to help these online programs run for, for this new campus that right. Purdue will now own academically. But does... Um, do you have any? Do you think over time it might evolve that you might that Kaplan might serve so the existing part that Graham Holdings still has might serve that function for other universities or offer services to them? I, I suppose that's conceivable, but uh, I will guarantee you there's not any plan on any scrap of paper with Graham Holdings or Kaplan to do that. The job of uh, helping uh, Purdue is going to be a job for the foreseeable future. If way down the road, it turns out this is a wonderful, this is a great arrangement, and, and the university flourishes. I suppose we could turn to that. That is uh, that would that is not, not in anyone's current plans at Kaplan or Holdings. I promise you, your focus. I don't. I have to. I just have to ask um, because I again, this is something that some skeptical person could look at this deal and wonder. Um, is there something Kaplan University's enrollment was was falling as mm -hmm. as your own True. quarterly uh, sorry your your financial releases were saying, but uh, and there's you know the for profit sector as a whole for profit university sector has been under a lot of public scrutiny and government mm -hmm. scrutiny in the last several years and is I think some people look at this and wonder was there something bad about to happen or with Kaplan U that you needed to kind of unload it? No, we. Uh... Yeah, there's been eight years of unbroken controversy about for-profit colleges, and we have been strongly on one side of that debate. Uh, the debate started when President Obama became president, and started when Arnie Duncan was Secretary of Education. Each of them, whenever they talked about this issue, was careful to say there are for-profits that do a good job. We are interested in regulating and limiting the bad actors. Uh, and we feel uh, we feel that we were one of the for-profit educators whose outcomes were the best. We're certainly not the only one that can claim very good outcome. So why the timing of this move when because things might have gone better? Because Purdue wanted to do it. Right. I mean, so that is just 100% of the reason for the timing. We, we saw a unique opportunity to be to sell Kaplan University to a 
great university. Yeah. Did you shop it around anywhere else, so to speak? Uh, we'd have been interested in, you know, it would have been Andy Rosen, not me, who was talking to anybody that was interested. But I think, you, you know, Purdue is one of the top universities in the United States. And that alone made this, uh, made this, it made it a unique arrangement. And it, it again, I've, I've said before, if Grandma gets anything out of this, if Kevin gets anything out of this, it can only be because the university succeeds. It can only succeed if students say, this is a good place, I want to go there. And they get results and their friends ask them about it and they say, yeah, that was a good place. I, I really liked it. Word of mouth is everything. I have one other question. I know we're about out of time, which is actually about the Washington Post. Because yeah. it's, it's I, I wonder, do you, with the, right now there's actually an uptick in subscribers to a lot of papers, well, including the Post. There's more than an uptick. There's a flood, according to it. There I, you go. And uh, any seller's remorse or regrets that you? I mean, I'm, I uh, I deal with the post now as a reader. Yeah. And I'm so proud of the place. Sure. And a lot of it is still a lot of it is people who've been hired since we sold it. A lot of it, or the, the 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 editor Marty Barron was hired by my niece Catherine Weymouth and is a great editor. Uh, the people running the business are mostly people who work with us. But what Jeff has done is what. Uh, three years in is what I, what I hope to do is, is adding tech resources in particular. It isn't that Jeff is going to come write code at the Washington Post, but he's opened up for our team the opportunities that you get in, in hiring tech people uh, if you're associated with Jeff Bezos. All right. Well, thank you so much for the time to, to sit down with us today. I really appreciate it. What a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. This has been the Answer John Air podcast. If you don't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app or send us feedback or ideas for future guests to feedback at edsurge.com. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young. We'll be back next week with more conversations about the future of education. Thanks for listening.